Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. I am Efa Abeo. <laughs> Grab a seat, cop a squat, get a blanket, a chair, a pillow. Hell, sit right here on the stoop. Get you something hot to drink, cold water, juice, tea. It is 3 o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. That is Whitney Houston's version of I Always Love You, written by Dolly Parton. I do love her version. And I played it because I don't know if y'all seen the movie on Netflix of Whitney Houston. But this version is from her best friend, Robin, from her telling finally her story. And allegedly, they were lovers. There's a part in the movie, spoiler alert if you didn't see it, where she was getting out the car with Robin and you had these religious people on the side and they were saying she was going to hell for being gay. That part was really sad because on the interview, Robin spoke about how Whitney Houston gave her Bible and was telling her they could never be together because they would burn in hell because it's a sin to lay with a woman, for one woman to lay with another woman. Um, I believe her family knew, right? Well, from Robin's virgin, allegedly, that her family knew, her father knew, you know, and back then, it wasn't something that you would celebrate. Like, we knew that was Unc's best friend, but we know that was his lover. We know Auntie's friend, that was her girl, you know. But what was in the bedroom stayed in the bedroom. It didn't come out, right? But you lived your truth. It was just you couldn't live it out openly. Nowadays, you can, you know, identify as an aunt. It's okay. Whatever makes you happy and sleep at night is cool. But back then, but what was, what was so horrific and it still reigns through today was from Robin's virgin. This is her friend, her best friend, that Whitney Houston couldn't live her truth. And... That is the sad part because growing up, a lot of people couldn't live their truth physically, spiritually, sexually, like, you know, because you, you were at the risk of being shunned from your family, being shunned from society. You were going to lose something. For you living your truth, you were going to lose something. You weren't going to be invited to the big parties. You weren't going to be invited to the cookout. You ain't going to be in grandma, mama, and them will. Like, you was going to lose something. And a lot of people couldn't take that risk. Even now. I know people, and there's different factors. I know people that want to live their life spiritually. 
you know, and let people know I'm a witch or I'm a atheist. They can't do that. Some because of their family, some because of their job. Real talk. And, you know, I, I had my shop in Queens, South Jamaica on Jamaica Avenue in the Coliseum. And there was this company that was across from my shop. And I was there, I wore, and the guy would come and talk to me, you know, early in the morning before people came. And he was initiated, but he couldn't share with nobody because his job and all of them would have shunned him. And, you know, he would, he would have cool conversations with me, but he just couldn't live out fully. I know people that are pagan, they can't tell their family that they're pagan, especially if you're coming from a religious background. My brother and all of them, you know, my brother's a pastor. And people used to see him. And I know he got slack from, wow, you know, your sister's in the all white. What is she? She's in the devil stuff. And, you know, he explained it the best way he could. But, you know, they also weren't, like, welcoming with me. So you're going to lose something of living your truth. You're, you're not going to be the cool kid. <laughs> you're not going to be... um the family favorite. You might just become the black sheep. Living your truth sexually. I know people that are still living in the closet. You know, they could never go around their family with their partner and have like Christmas and things like that. They can't do that because they'll, they'll be kicked out. I had an African friend and he wanted to come out to his mom and she stopped him. Like I said, parents be knowing, but she stopped him. She said, whatever you're going to tell me about your personal life, don't ever tell me. Because this would be my last time talking to you. I, I wouldn't even come and see you. So, I mean, he's gay, but he can't take his partner to meet his mom. Or, you know, like he met his mother, but they can't be like hugging and kissing and, you know, enjoying family. That shit works on TV. Great. Because they got great writers. But nine times out of ten, yeah, it's not like that in real life in a lot of families. You know, so just living your truth. A lot of people are scared. A lot of people, you know, they, I can't say they live off of likes or, you know, it's just. It's not. It's not always welcoming. You know? It's not. It's not always welcoming. It's not. A lot of people are not prepared to answer questions. A lot of people are not ready to face the public. Especially, I had a friend that lost her kids because of her religious belief. And, you know, the, the parent was like... um. They're doing demon stuff, you know? This is where the frauds and fakes make it hard because people highlight the frauds and the fakes and the phony and the scammers, and they just automatically assume, or, you know, the, the people that really are horrible with religion and they really don't have none, they really are lazy and they want to 
just make some shit up as they go. Or the ones that use it as, excuse me, a dating site or to touch kids. They get highlighted. So from them being highlighted, people base their actions on the whole spiritual community. So you have some people that can't tell their partners like, you know, I want to get our kids initiated or I want them to be spiritual. Uh, the courts in them are not, it's not, it's not always ready and welcoming. You know, they'll brainwash their kids. Oh, she's going to make y'all go to hell. And Jesus is not there. So it's not always welcoming. It's not what most people Think. Now, nine times out of ten, those slim chances, you do have the support of family and friends. And God bless you. This is not your conversation. But the ones that can't. It's easy for people to yell out, live your truth. Live your truth. I'm living my truth. What people don't tell you is the shit they lose. Now, mind you, majority of it, when you look real close, you don't need those people in your life anyway. But if you grew up with them and this is your family, whether they're crackheads, they're thieves, they're, you know, horrible, at the end of the day, they're still your family. So, you know, you're used to, I know that's a snake. I know she's a thief. I know they're compulsive. I know them. So I, I when you go around new people, you got to relearn new people all over again. A lot of people are not ready for that. I'm, I'm being honest. People always want you... To grab the bag, get the bag, live your truth, you know, do it. But they don't tell you the side that you got to lose some shit, realign yourself. You're going to go through some depression because this is something that's foreign. It's a territory that you have not been in. I hung around in the streets. I knew how to scam and everything else. I, I know how to do that. I can make some money illegally. It's the living right and honest part that is different because you can go out there and flip something and you'll have some money in your pocket. I'm going to fuck up his painkillers. You're going to have some money. Now you got to work. You got to build your brand. You can't go and choke a nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like now you have to stand up right and you're in a room full of all of these people. Yeah, I want you to be yourself, but you can't be Quantisha from the fucking project yelling, yeah, bitch, what the fuck? I, you can't do that. So now you have to learn and change your vernacular. You have to, you know, work to show and prove these people, reintroduce yourself. You know, now you're trying new things. You're changing your family tr structure. You're changing your mind state of what money is. We get money to spend to look hood rich. No one taught us about investing and things like that. Now we kind of scared because I could go down the block and sell this quarter or flip this or, you know, me and my girl, like she can go and grab something and I can go and sell it in the hood net. But now I have to wait, work, grind, talk to people. See, that's the cool thing about hustlers. Now, the one thing we won't be scared of is talking to people. But now we don't, now we got to deal with our insecurities. We're in a room full of people that have been to Yale and Harvard. We from the hood. So now we have to 
realign ourselves. We're not going in the room to fit the room. Now we got to make sure the room fit us because we were invited in. So it's a lot that you're changing. Not everybody's going to be amped to change. When you have your family, do you know? Let me tell you. When I started, I had locks. I was vegan. Now I have to get my kids, my husband into why not eating meat and eating healthy and drinking water and, you know, reading the, the ingredients, going food shopping with a dictionary and a book and, you know, writing things down and learning how to cook and make different meals and substituting all the sugar and these juices for healthy things and making teas. And you can't be lazy. So... And then locking my hair, locking my daughter's hair, making sure their hair is good. Now I got to clean the house with organic things. And, you know, I got to make sure my daughters and them had asthma. So I had to pull the carpet up. So you got to mop your floor every day. You got, if I, I had to take down the blinds and find, at first I had to get the long blinds, but they were holding too much dust. You know, whether you dust it or not, it's still going to hold in the ropes. So I had to take that down. Now I have to get... Um, natural fiber of, you know, curtains. So I had to, I had to be the change, but I had to be consistent. Now, in my house, I got everything good. Now my kids got to go to my mother's house. They got to go to school. So now I have to be at work and make sure they understand because let me tell you, Southern parents don't understand what vegan and eating healthy is. Get them kids a pork chop. No, they don't eat meat. What do you mean they don't eat meat? So I had to deal with that. I had to deal with, well, your mother don't, you know, let you eat that. So all the other kids is eating hamburgers. What, they going to eat grass? So now you have to deal with that. And people can be ignorant. And people don't say the, the nicest things about you when you're not around and you are trying to raise your kids in a healthy environment. Before plant base was popping. Yeah. So now you have to make sure people understand and respect your, your boundaries and your wishes. Then you have to make sure your kids understand. Because kids get around other kids. They see them eating candy and they pulling out um, carrots and stuff. Yeah. You, you got to make sure they understand that. So it's like they're drinking sodas. They got to go and get their teas, you know, <laughs> their biscuits drinks so they can, you know, make sure their kidneys and everything is intact. It's not easy, especially in the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. And then now you got to go to the school. You got to pack their lunches. You got to remind the school, things like that. And, you know, you got to stay on top of that. And then you have to make sure you're mentally ready. So when you are changing and you're living your truth, not everyone around you is going to jump in on, oh my God, yeah. No, no. I went through hell. The first two years were hell on both sides. On both sides, it was hell. Now they're going to their grandmother's house for the weekend. Now you either send groceries down there or you have to tell them and give them a list. And when they go out, you know how grandparents are. Well, they was crying for that. No, you were. 
please don't give that to them because they're going to get sick. You know, so now you have to stay on top of that. You, your, your head is on a swivel because you're looking everywhere and as well as your own shit. Now you have to, when you become spiritual, you have to explain yourself because everybody think now that you're worshiping demons. Living your truth is beautiful to say. It's not always easy to do. I don't want someone to do something and not be fully aware of what they're getting into. I don't want to stop you, but I want you to know that it's not as easy as people sit, think they, you know, people get on the other side. Like when people get initiated, oh yeah, I'm crowned. No, talk about the stuff that happened to you before you got to that door. You don't got to tell them in the ceremony, yeah, I lost my job or I was homeless. People need to know. It's not, oh my goodness, you got money and you got crowned in the world. It's everything. No, no, no. It's a lot. It's expensive. It's, then you got to have a lot of trust and faith in the people that are helping you. Because not everybody's in it with a good heart. Some people are in it because they want a coin or a come up. And then if they don't know the things they're doing, they're going to give you some shit all willy-nilly. Now you're going to get around people that know, and they're going to look at you like you got 12 heads. Now you standing up saying, oh, no, but this is what they taught me. No, that's wrong. You don't do this. Now you got other people questioning yourself. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's not, trust me, it's not easy. There's a saying, heavy the head that wears the crown. But living your truth and walking in it is beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. But it's not always the best of everything. It's not always, oh, my God. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, someone's writing me and they, um, they, um, they're saying something really bad. So, anyway, I'm sorry. Anyway, um, it's not always as beautiful as people portray. Living your truth is a beautiful thing, but you're going to come with opposition. You're going to come with obstacles. You're going to come with challenges. So watching the movie made a lot of so many conversations that can come out of that. But the main one is living your truth. Some people don't want to risk losing their family and loved ones. Some people don't want to risk losing their income. Some people don't want to risk losing their partners, their lovers. Some don't want to risk losing their kids. You know? So physically, spiritually, mentally, it plays a part on you. And it's not always 
rainbows and butterflies. Sometimes it can come with bouts of regret, depression, anger, you know, regrets. Um, it's just a lot sometimes. So you have to really know and really believe in it and be consistent. If the world doesn't believe in you, you believe in you. That's enough. When I was telling everyone that I was getting initiated, my family and them were looking at me like I was growing nine heads. Nobody signed up to say, oh, my God, you can do it. And wow, they was like, you dumb. You practicing that devil stuff. You got people taking your money. You stupid. What's wrong with you? You need to go to the hospital and, and let the doctors do this. And what? Oh, my goodness. With crack jokes, talk about me, get on the line and call New Orleans and everywhere. Anywhere that would listen, child. I was the dummy. The dumb. What? She is stupid. She's homeless. And giving all this money to these people, she should be getting her own place. She's stupid. And then when I opened up a shop, oh, it's going to fail. You so dumb. Oh, my goodness. And I went to my brothers and them, and I was like, yo, you know, we could all do this together. We could have something. I said, yo, you know, uh, I, I need, you know, help. I want to, you know, get some product. My brother said, I can give you $50. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's it, you know, because it, it's going to fail. You're going to fail. You're not going to do anything. Like, you might as well, girl, go get on welfare and, and find you a place somewhere and just live. Go find you a man and let, let him. They they even, you know, your ex-husband got all that money. Maybe you should, I mean, so what if he cheated or if he fight you? It's okay. You know, get you a house, girl. Like, that's what they wanted. And I'm looking like, no, no. Mm. When I was saying I was going to travel. Girl, where you traveling to? Who going who gonna to listen to you? Ain't nobody going to listen to you, girl. <laughs> I can't. Ain't no way in hell. Mm -mm. You setting yourself up for failure. Our mother always said you was dumb. Mm. Like, I didn't get no warm welcoming. Everything I got was from strangers. People that were not related to it. I'm not saying this for your sorry or anything like that. No. I want you to know sometimes what you got to come against. And guess what I told my friends and family? Kiss my ass. Thank you. Thank you, but no thank you. When I went to my friends, my A1 day ones, I'm going to open up a store. The girl Yolanda sat in front of me. The West, Nate West was on the phone. Yolanda was like, oh, I'm up here. You know, Donna opened up a store. Oh, Voodoo, don't stand there. She might do something to you. But don't tell her I said it. And I'm standing there listening. I was like, damn, that's how you feel? Oh, 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 damn. And I saw her one day while I was walking. I saw her and I looked at her and I said, hey, how you doing? She was shocked. Like, oh, like, wow. You know, so you don't. My friends crack jokes on me. Talked about me, girl, baby, when I left the room. She's so stupid. I don't, she must be fucking the guy that gave her the money. No, I'm, I'm not. Uh, mm, mm. She's so stupid. She just wasted that money. She should have went and, and let, took her ass down there and found some man to live with. This is the mentality 
that I was around. So when I think about it, I shouldn't have been around those people in the first place. But at the end, it when it, when you're going through it, you don't think of the bigger picture. You're thinking of, damn, these supposed to be my friends. Like they should be supporting me or, you know, believing in me. Not at all. <laughs> oh, honey. They, they were sitting there saying, I'm going to fail. I'm not going to do nothing. One of them told me, well, you waiting till you this old um, to to do all of this? Girl, ain't nobody. And you, you should stay with your husband because ain't nobody going to want you. What? You trying to be young. Do you see me hanging around young people? No, baby. Mm, mm, well, no. But these are the same people now. Girl, how much you gonna charge me for a reading? The price? But I'm saying, you know, I was there with you in the beginning. Yeah, and you told me I wasn't gonna be here. You told me I was stupid to do it. Girl, you know I was only joking. You know how we do. No, I don't. I, I truly don't. No, I, I would, I've never done you like that. So why would you do me like that? So you standing and walking in your truth, no matter what it is, I don't care what it is, it's not always going to be well received. Then you have those friends that y'all both started out together. They fell off for whatever reason. Some reasons are because they get a new man. So, you know, once a new, a new partner is involved, fuck all this. Uh-uh, I got a new bae. Or they get a little money. Oh, I don't need that shit no more. I, I don't even do that. Or ain't nobody supporting me because they thinking they supposed to just automatically get thousands and thousands of dollars. And they supposed to become the spiritual great I am or the number one gay person in America that everybody, they, they the next RuPaul or T.S. Madison. No, it doesn't work that way. You got to put your work in. And consistency is not what they, they, what they want because they didn't get what they, what they thought. We all start off saying, oh my God, we're going to get this and we're going to get that. So we all get that. We all get that, that, um, That belief that, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be these great um people. But it doesn't always work that way. It doesn't. You know, we want it to be. We do. We want it to be. We wanna be these well known spiritualists or well-known, whatever it is. And when you don't get it like that, now I don't want to do it. So here it is. You start. Y'all both start together. And you you hitting the pavement. You don't care if you make one reading or you see one person or you don't see nobody. But you still out there every day, every day, every day. And then finally, you get a break. You start getting a little known. You start getting invited to places. Now you'll see where the pettiness and stuff come. Oh, how your little company coming? My company? Because it ain't little. I'm saying, you know, I couldn't do it. I, you good. You better than me because I can't do it. After I seen I couldn't get nobody, nobody was supporting me. 
yeah, girl, I, I left. I went and found my man. and You know, I'm living happy. Okay, God bless you. Mm, yeah, and anyway, that's of the devil. I can't be doing card readings. That's of the devil. But you got like 20 decks. <laughs> yeah, girl, uh-uh. But let somebody walk by while they saying it's of the devil. Hey, don't you do reading? Yeah, yeah, girl, yeah, yeah. Hear my prices. She charged real expensive. I don't. I only charge $20. Well, damn. Okay, okay, I got 20 hours. Can you do Yeah, come, come, come. Excuse me, because you know, this is what I do. I'm born with this. Didn't you just say you wasn't, you know? So it, it becomes hilarious and sad at the same time. Now, after that one reading, oh, you can't tell them nothing. So here it is now. You may not be reading. You reading might have got you through the door. Now you doing artwork or you writing books, or now you're writing plays, or you're teaching. Yeah, girl, reading ain't for everybody. Yeah, no, I graduated. I have all reading I did, but, you know, now I'm doing something else. I mean, I still read if I have to, but, you know, my main thing is this. I teach. Oh, yeah, I was thinking about teaching, you know, but I just don't know what should I charge or what should I teach. When you know your worth, that's how I answer people. When you know your worth, you know what to charge. <laughs> and I move on. Right? But it doesn't always be welcome. It's the main thing of really what I want you to understand. I don't want you to be scared. It is different. It is aggravating at times. But you got to be consistent. I didn't care what those people were saying. I was too old. I was fat. I wasn't cute. I'm not the... Uh, I'm crowned, but now I'm crowned, so now they go, oh, well, you know, you don't have that many years. Well, I'm, I'm six years old. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you're not with your godmother no more. What that mean? I'm still crowned. I still give her respect. What that mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not initiated? Well, because you don't know the proper words. Boo, I, I barely speak English. I'm Southern. My dialect, you're going to get what you're going to get. <laughs> when the, It all depends on the mood I'm in. Okay. Um, yeah, so no matter what you do, somebody's going to find a fault in it. I don't give a fuck whether you can come down fucking sinless. They still going to say, well, they can't walk on water. You can walk on water. Well, you can't swim. Trust me. If you worry about the cheers and the booze of people, you'll never get started and you'll defeat yourself before you even begin. I tell even my children. The worst thing is to have a, a relationship with someone and be in a relationship and the person is in competition with you. That's the worst. Let me explain. When I went back with my ex-husband, I know. I'm hard-headed. Hard-headed make it so fast. And trust me, my ass is plenty soft. My ex-husband, Roosevelt, was in more fucking competition to me than the Lord allows. I would take him so he could understand with me when I go and do readings at people's house. No matter what, he would still come in. Well, you know, also, and I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe it's a guy's perspective. We were on our way to D.C. And... We had to check in for our tickets. So I had on regular clothes. 
right? Regular clothes. I had sweatpants, a sweat hood. Um, my head was wrapped. That was the only thing. My head was wrapped. And I had on sneakers. Now, yeah, I had my bracelets. I didn't I didn't wear my alekes, so but I had my bracelets on. And the girl and the guy, because I went and I, I wasn't jumping anyone. I was like, excuse me, can I just ask a question? And everybody was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went up and I was like, what do we need to do to check in? Do we get on this line? And the lady was like, yeah. So I got on the line and the guy came and he said, come with me. So I'm like, okay. So me and my ex-husband, we walk over. And he was like, here, print your tickets out. He said, and you go over there. And, you know, stand there and wait. Because we had to Greyhound to D.C. The tickets was $12. Round trip. Six and six. 24 all together. I wasn't going to beat that. So he, and I asked him, I said, well, why? Because, you know, we stand online. Is there a problem? He said, no, but you're someone. And I said, yeah, we all are, right, laughing. And he said, no, 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 you're someone. Like, you're, I can tell you're someone. He was like, and you shouldn't wait online. I said, okay. So he looks at the guy and go, well, I'm someone too. He said, no, she's someone. And I was like, okay. So we got online. We didn't think nothing of it. You know, we went, got to D.C., stayed at the hotel. It was real nice, like, you know, and the people there were really cool. I don't drink. So it was this brand new hotel they opened up in D.C. And the Mosi. And um, it was, this, the shower was in the ceiling. Oh, it was beautiful. And um, we were there. And people were really nice. And, you know, I, I speak to everyone. And the bus driver, because I was like, yo, let's. Let's do everything. We don't need to do an Uber. Where's the bus? I asked the people where the bus was, how to get to Smithsonian. So they was like, oh, you can walk or you can get on a bus. I said, no, nah, we can get on the bus. I want to get on the bus in D.C. And the bus driver was like, yo, don't pay. And I was like, oh, okay. He said, no, nah, I can tell y'all not from here. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, yeah, well, you know. And I'm letting my husband, you know, my ex-husband, he's the guy I'm letting because this is a man. And he just ignored my ex-husband. He was like, listen, queen, um, you know, when you get off, you walk down there. That's where the African-American Museum is. He was like, and you can um, go and see other exhibits around. They're all free. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And he was like, yo, you can take this bus again, you know, on your way back. And he was like, you know, some restaurants inside of the African-American Museum or, you know, there's little shops. And I'm like, oh, okay. And my husband, ex-husband is sitting there and he's like, yeah, bruh, you know, because, um, you know, that's my lady. And he's like, nah, I understand, bruh. He's like, but I was talking to the queen. And I was like, okay. Now, mind you, the only thing I had was my head wrap. Everywhere we went, if they were like, if people were talking to me like we was in the museum and, you know, you had the elders there. And we was looking at everything and talking. He caught an attitude. And I was like, what's the matter? You know, there's something wrong. You know, everybody's just paying attention to you. No one's paying attention to me. I'm like, are you serious? Oh, well, go with your friends. Those are your new friends. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, No matter where. And then when we came back, 
I'm always up and down Jamaica Avenue, you know, because I was working in the Botanica. I worked in there for a little bit. And so the cab drivers, when they wanted, like, customers or, you know, keep themselves busy, they would come in there and get little things, put in their cars and stuff. So the cab driver saw me. He was like, queen, queen, queen. I was like, oh, hey, hey. He's like, where you going? Where you going? I said, oh. I said, well, we're going back to my, I said, yo, I'm going to Far Rockaway. I said, but you, you got to go and get your car, right? Or oh, I'm not going to take you. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, I'm going to Far Rockaway. He's going, oh, I, you know, enjoy your ride with your man. What? I said, yo, he's a client. Yeah, okay, okay. Like, it was always something. And just being in competition or, you know, someone is insecure, it, it's just... That's that's a a problem in itself. And I used to always try to explain to him, but it it wasn't it wasn't no matter what, you know. And then he gave me the ultimatum. This is what put the nail in the coffin. And some women that had the same ultimatum, I'm not mad at them, they choose the guy. He told me it's either my religion or him. Roosevelt told me that in King's Park. I said, bye. Drop me off. Let me go. Bye. Because that's never happening. And he went his way. I went mine. Was I aggravated? Yeah, I was. Was I mad? Was I angry? Yeah, I was. Not going to lie. I wasn't mad because of the choice I made. I was mad for a person that knows that how much I love my belief and it's a culture. It's a way of life for me and all the things that I went through to get to where I'm at. And you had the audacity to say, it's either my belief or you, you're going to lose every time. I don't care who you are. Now I know females. I know females where they man said it's either this voodoo stuff or me and People have a fear of being alone, you know, and they don't want to walk in their truth. I I have to lose my man. I have to lose my partner. I have to. And when I sat back, because I, I had to do a self-reflection. Everywhere I went, it was always a competition. It was always some narcissistic type traits. It was always, you know, you, you're playing the villain or you're accusing me of something. Do I really need that in my life? No, no. But at that moment, no one looks at the bigger picture. Everybody looks at what they lost and they want to go and try to grab it and kicking and screaming and getting taken away from it. So, nah, no, I, I don't have no regrets. Someone asked me that. Do you have any regrets? Or if you had a chance, would you do it all again? Every single step, everything from the bad days, to the dog days, everything. Because everything I went through landed me where I'm at today. No, I'm not where I should be. But I'm definitely not where I'm used to be. And I know that I'm growing and I'm elevating and I'm evolving and I'm healing and I'm relearning a lot of things and I'm writing a lot of wrongs that were embedded in me. My brothers and all of them, at first, no, they, they fought me tooth and nail. But now they'll say, okay, like today. I had a reality check for myself. Now, back in the day, I was that chick that one of my family members fought. You got, you better look for me. I'm coming. I don't care. Putting myself in harm's way. Not even thinking about, and look how selfish we are. Not even thinking about 
If something happened to you, what happens to your children, your grandchildren, all that? You want to be labeled as a bad bitch? No. No. How about being labeled as an adult woman that's holding herself accountable and doing things and teaching the next generation how to acquire wealth and how to overcome adversity without being a chalk fucking outline in the street? How to uh, invest in things? How to put people in, in positions where they can have money flowing to them. How to not panic like everybody else is doing when they know that the dollar is only going to be good in America. And if you're traveling abroad, it, it's not worth shit no more. And what's going to happen in July when these all these things start transitioning over of the elders and your seniors and people that don't have cash app fed now and don't trust banks. What's going to happen with them? How are they going to function? What about people that's on disability and SSI and all of that? How do they deal with it? Because some people still get checks mailed to them. Now you're saying everything is going to be electronic. Then what's going to happen? Huh? Because we still got homelessness. We still got all these things that are out there. People on drugs. People that are living out in the street. And now uh, fucking opiates is beyond. So now what happened with those people? Or is it food shortages? You know, you, you food prices, rent, everything, clothing, everything is going up. And the math isn't mathing. You want people to make three or four times the rent. People are barely making money to buy bread and eggs. Bacon is $7. Eggs is $14, $15. No. No. And if they do want cheaper rent, they have to relocate. And not everybody is strong to do that. Because people love familiarity. I want to say it right. People like to be comfortable. No one likes to step out and challenge themselves and face the very thing to fear to help them to grow. No one wants to face that. It was different to move away from my family for 20 years. I lived in Atlanta. Here I am with a, a man, because I got married in Atlanta, a man, kids, no family, friends that I went to high school with, not knowing the full gist of what's going on. And now I have to adapt. I got children that got to go to school. They have to make sure they need. And then my husband left. He ain't died first. He left. He got tired of being married. So he wanted the good life. So he left. My kids was bigger, but he left. So now I have to function with my kids living in Atlanta. I kept a job, but baby, it wasn't easy. Going to work and coming home, that's a job itself. Now I got my kids. Then they wind up dropping out of school. Now I got to do all kinds of things to make sure they are okay. 
make sure they are doing. Then my daughter gets arrested in a drug bus. I'm at work. They like, yo, your daughter. What? She's in jail. What? Because she dating some dude. He's selling drugs out of a hotel. And they go, and he tells her to take the charge. Are you stupid? So, all of that. And I tell you, baby, I don't pray for nobody else's life. I love my life, the good, the bad, and the, the challenging. I don't regret it. I got the rule. Sometimes I do look up in the sky and say, but God. And I do believe that sentence, God take care of fools and babies. Because, baby, many a times I was more fool than anything. But the one thing that I know for a fact that my family and friends will say, she lived her truth. Wasn't always accepted. Wasn't always beautiful. I didn't regret those words, but it came with a lot of fucking weights. Walking and living your truth, it's easy to say. The challenge is living it. Standing on your morals and principles. Believing in what you believe in in the world around you or your family or your community that you were born into. Don't believe in that. You still have to stand. And your family is your fucking truth tellers. Because you can't be out in the world saying you're doing this and now you're coming home and you're doing the opposite. They're going to tell all your business. So when you do meet my family, they go, nah, that's really her. That's really her. She ain't. Trust me, they be on my page. They'll, my family, they ain't got no sugar on their tongue. And trust me, they got that saying, I don't bite my tongue. That shit hurt. So they, no, no, it don't go like that. No, mm-mm. So, yeah, my family, listen, my cousin got on there. He was saying something. Child, my family swooned in like vultures. What? You are lying. And they will send receipts, honey. So, yeah, that's, I'm grateful that I do have my family. I'm grateful for all those people that didn't support me because they kept me humble. Because the first time I go contrary to anything I'm doing, oh, they don't have a problem with wheeling my big ass back in. Trust me. I can be on the TV. I can be on radio. I can be having so many followers. When I go to my brother's house, uh, superstar, take the trash out. <laughs> I go to my brother's house. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, imitation Oprah. Yeah, can you wash those dishes in there? Thank you very much. Thank you. No, we don't pay you. Wash the dishes. You want to eat? Wash the dishes. Yeah, so, uh-uh. I go to my kid's house. Uh, excuse me, Queen Kakaka. Uh, we need you. Uh, get your grandkids. Thank you. Thank you. And they gone. So, it's no me putting on airs and thinking I'm something else. I know where humility is. I know how to be humble, and I know where I came from. So that day, I, I don't, it, and I'm happy because it keeps me as a reminder of where I used to be and where I am now. Like I said, I'm not where I ought to be, but God damn it, I'm definitely not where I used to be. So it is consistency, growth, 
You're going to have challenges. You're going to have obstacles. You're going to have people that's going to dog you out. You're going to have people that's going to betray you. You have people that's going to talk about you. You're going to have people that's going to drag you. You're going to have people that's going to secretly say they love you and behind your back they're going to treat you like shit. But guess what? Give thanks for those people. Give thanks for those people. Why? Because if you wasn't doing what's right and you knew and you didn't have a calling on your life, then those people wouldn't exist. Because people don't people don't worry about people doing fucked up things. People worry about those people that have a calling on their life that are doing the right thing. Because now I have to face my reality. We both came from the same area. We both grew up and went to the same school. Or we might came from the same mama and daddy. We both have the same 24 hours. You choose to go this way. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Somebody put a post and said, you can't blame someone's upbringing because you can have five kids and somebody can be a prostitute, a crackhead, a preacher, a doctor, and a lawyer. What's the difference? Everybody got brought up the same way. What's the difference? We all make choices. We all have challenges. We all have a calling on our life. Some of us follow it. Some of us don't. We all have a choice to walk in our truth. But not everybody is ready to do it. They say it. Oh, everybody's quick to say it. Oh, I walk in my truth. I know who I am. And those would be the same ones that you will see them shining brightly. And then by June, you don't see them no more. Just like, and I didn't lie, we are now in April. Get ready to go in May. Baby, remember from January, really December, January, February, March, baby, the readers was out. Everybody was reading. Everybody was saying how they was going to change and people working out and everybody's doing something different. And I'm writing a book and I'm starting a podcast and I'm doing this. It's April. You don't see those people no more. It's great to be May. You don't see those people. You see them now with a new man or, a, uh, you know, oh, this is why. You remember those people that was changing the world, right? You remember all those people that was doing me size and they had black people and all that. You don't see that no more? No. What? That shit left with the wind. But people like Denise... They get out there every fucking Saturday. Rain, sleet, snow. With her table, her fucking umbrella, and food, toys, whatever, to give those people in the community. Those are the people I love. Brent Eli, that got his shop, finally. He still get on and do his readings and talk to the girls. And now he... Everything he said he did took time, but he did it. He wrote his book of spells, and he's selling it. Those are the people I watch. The ones that say, against all odds, this is my calling, this is my truth, and they're consistent. They weren't met with the greatest of ease. They weren't celebrated. People laughed at Irene being out there. You had a few that would get out there and set up a table, but when the snow came or whatever, you ain't see them, but you'll see her standing out there, girl, with a pot of soup, some coffee and tea and all that. Those are the people I love. Because they walk in their truth. 
They don't give a fuck if nobody else show up. They there. They don't give a fuck if you don't tune in. They don't care if you don't. Somebody will come. Even if it's one person or no person at all. You know where to find her. In Queensbridge. She gonna be there. Saturday like clockwork. Those are the ones. And if it get too cold or too rainy. She in that fucking lobby. She got little signs or she got people out there. And she stand outside leading people into the lobby. No, I got food and stuff. Even when her sister passed, she still was out there. Making sure people were okay. You need a blanket. You need a jacket. A sweater. You okay? You need a sandwich. Those are the fucking people I love. Because they stand and they walk in their truth. No matter what, they show up. If nobody else is clapping for them, they clap for their goddamn self. If no one, if they're gay, straight, whatever it is, they show up to be who they are. If the world don't like them, fuck them. They love them. They got them. I always tell everybody, I'm always bet on me. I know me. I'm a bet on me. I said this year is more about emotions and people um, getting in their emotions. And, you know, we still got to work together. People have to understand you can't do everything by yourself. This is why I encourage people to get out and do and, and share their gift with the world. Because I can't reach everybody. Irene or... Elias, everybody. You can't reach everybody. So, this is why you're here. But you know what? Also, sometimes you have to let people go. I I let a friend go. Because every time, it was nothing but something negative. If she wasn't crying and speaking something negative, I was like, I can't do this. I can't. And I, I was like, why am I following her? I don't like anything she does. And I'm, I'm not here to be an enemy to her. If I see you in the street, hey, Benicion. But I'm not sitting here looking at your page while you cry and complain and argue with people. I don't want that. And then people are quick to say, oh, sisterhood don't, ex don't exist. Sisters don't stand together. Well, no, because you don't. First, you have to understand what it is you want out of life. and Who hurt you? If Alice hurt you from betraying you, go get mad at Alice and heal from that. But don't blame us. We don't know Alice and we weren't there. But I know people that thought like that. I used to think like that. Oh, I can't connect with women. Women are too much. No. All they... That was my unhealed version of me. I can't say that now. There's some amazing sisters out there that know what they want and stand in their truth and they walk that shit and they get out and do what they have to do and they help anybody that comes across their threshold. But what they're not going to do is sit there and gossip with you and dog the next person out and try to doubt somebody else's flame so their flame can be lighter. No, you light from me and you go and light someone else's, we pass it on. I'm going to let the world know you coming, but what I'm not going to do is stand there and wait for you. Yeah, we can agree to disagree, but that don't mean I don't love you. But what I'm not going to do is sit here and, and join this fucking hater raid party. Ah, that's not at my table. Go and heal. And that's what I say to 